Hi, welcome to the OCBC Financial Masterclass. I'm Jessica Goh and I'm a Product Manager for Investments at OCBC's Wealth Management. My team and I are in charge of managing the Unit Trust product shelf on OCBC. We work with many different fund managers, ensuring that only the best-in-class products are available for our customers. In my line of work, I meet many people who fear investing. Some might even see it as a form of gambling. But if you put in the effort to understand the principles of investing, you will see that the risks are manageable and that investing isn't as intimidating as you may think. Another misconception is that you will need lots of money to even start your first investment. However, there are options out there which I will be introducing to you in this masterclass. So let's begin. Stocks are probably the most known investment instruments and the good news is they are not as costly as before. Singapore Exchange or SGX decreased the standard board lot size for equity investments back in 2015 from 1,000 to 100 units. Shares are bought in lots, so previously, in order to purchase one lot of OCBC shares, it would cost 1,000 multiplied by the cost of each share. But now, instead of 1,000, it would be just 100 multiplied by the cost of each share. This means that blue chip stocks that tend to be higher priced due to the former lot size are more affordable now as a result. Next up, let's talk about bonds. The Monetary Authority of Singapore, or MAS for short, has introduced frameworks to make it easier for corporations to offer bonds to retail investors. Typically, purchasing a single corporate bond could set you back by a hefty sum of $200,000 to $250,000. Retail bonds, on the other hand, are far more accessible as certain financial institutions with a $1,000 minimum investment. The Singapore Savings Bonds have an even lower minimum investment of just $500. It was introduced by MAS to expand the range of low-cost, simple investment options available to retail investors. Most importantly, Singapore savings bonds are backed by the full credit of the Singapore government. Another popular investment option that is offered by financial institutions are regular investment plans. You need to decide on your investment as well as the investment amount per month. Once you subscribe to these plans, it will run automatically in regular monthly intervals. It is akin to a strict monthly savings plan, the difference being instead of putting a fixed amount of money into a savings account every month, you put a fixed amount of money into an investment product instead. But more on this later. So, if investing isn't as expensive as we think, why are so many people still choosing not to invest? It could be a problem of loss aversion, which we call the problem of second thoughts. We often tell ourselves to wait and see, because we fear that an immediate decision could lead to a terrible outcome. What causes inertia is uncertainty or confusion about how to proceed. So having some financial knowledge could go a long way to minimise these biases. However, there are more immediate ways to combat our tendency to procrastinate. The more we mull over things, the less we will be inclined to do anything, despite knowing that we should be investing in order to grow our wealth. So perhaps the best solution is out of sight, out of mind. That is the guiding principle of adopting investment schemes that run on autopilot. So, what are these autopilot schemes? Earlier on, I introduced you to regular investment plans. That is one such example. And the principle behind such plans is called dollar cost averaging. It refers to an approach where you commit a fixed dollar amount to automatically buy into an investment at regular intervals regardless of the price. So you buy more shares and units when prices are low and fewer shares or units when prices are high. As you accumulate more shares or units when prices are cheaper, 
you are able to potentially lower the average cost of your investment over time. The good news about autopilot programs like regular investment plans is that it removes emotions from the decision-making process. For example, in a declining market, people find it difficult to buy investments because they are afraid that prices will continue to trend downwards. But in such a situation, having a regular investment plan will keep them invested in the market so that they may be able to benefit from a potential upswing later. It prevents you from making rash decisions and forces you to stick to a plan. Another benefit is that dripping into the market is less dramatic than taking the plunge all at once. Putting a little bit in over a longer period of time is often more palatable than going in all at once with a bigger lump sum. If you don't have time to monitor your investments or if the general complexity of it is daunting, then consider outsourcing this to the professionals. Invest in unit trusts or mutual funds. These are managed by experts who have the resources, experience and investment expertise. The fund manager will undertake these investment responsibilities and be actively alert to opportunities in the markets. Unit Trust also provides access to diversification at a lower cost. They are invested into multiple different underlying securities, providing instant diversification and market access to investors. In addition, they generally have no lock-in periods and do not require significant monetary outlay. But there is no free lunch. There are fees involved, so be mindful of that. If you're not willing to pay for stock-picking expertise, then exchange-traded funds are another solution. An exchange-traded fund, or ETF for short, is a collection of tens, hundreds, or sometimes even thousands of stocks or bonds in a single fund. ETFs are traded on stock exchanges like regular stocks, making it simple to buy and sell. ETFs seek to replicate the returns of the market. For example, on the Singapore Exchange, you can buy the Straits Times Index ETF, an ETF that tracks the performance of the STI. The STI is made up of the top 30 companies based on their market capitalization on the Singapore Exchange Limited from the variety of sectors. When you invest into this ETF, you instantly gain exposure to the STI without having to buy all the components individually. So you see, one ETF can give an investor immediate access to a diversified portfolio of pre-selected securities on the cheap. If a single stock or bond in the fund is performing poorly, there is a good chance that another is performing well, which helps minimise overall losses. The world of investments hasn't been immune to digitalization and the recent technological improvements. One notable new service that has emerged in recent years have been robo-advisory. These robo-advisors are digital platforms that use automated solutions and algorithms to help invest and manage money. They offer a disciplined approach to investing that, again, runs on autopilot. They also tend to be low-cost, convenient to access and passively manage, which means that the components of your portfolio are not going to undergo changes as regularly as if it were actively managed. Using OCBC RoboInvest as an example, once you choose what risk appetite you have and the portfolio you want, you just sit back and let the algorithm time your investment and rebalance your portfolio at quarterly or half-yearly intervals. Human biases are not involved. The ingredients for portfolio constructions are typically ETFs to ensure that investors are not taking concentrated exposure in any specific security. Now that you have an idea of what's out there for you to invest in, let's get a better understanding of why these investments are important in the first place. I'll also share with you some ideas and tips to have in mind while you continue on your investment journey.
Passive income is simply income that you make by doing minimal work. Everyone should aim to have a consistent flow of passive income, and you can do that simply by investing. Investing in certain stocks will give you dividends, which are payments made to shareholders from the company's earnings. However, not all companies have a history of paying out regular dividends to shareholders, so you need to do some research to find good performing income paying stocks. Bonds are an alternative source of passive income as well. When you buy a bond, it is like you are providing a loan to the company. And like a loan, a bond pays interest periodically to you, the bondholder. This interest is called a coupon. A bondholder will be repaid the initial principal amount at the end of the bond tenure, which is known as the maturity. This can typically be any time from a period of 5 to 20 years. Income-producing assets like income stocks and bonds are important. But don't be shackled to the idea of investing only in income-producing assets. You should instead be thinking about building a more holistic portfolio with a mix of dividend-yielding stocks, growth stocks, as well as bonds. Now, imagine you are getting a steady stream of passive income. What are you going to do with it? To most, earning passive income helps to boost your spending power. But what if you use that passive income for the long term instead? If you reinvest your passive income, you could benefit from the power of compounded returns over the long term. Let's say you want to start investing. Where should you begin? These are three points that you should keep on hand and check off as you go along. Ask yourself, what do you want to get out of this? Why are you investing in the financial markets in the first place? How much time do you have to stay invested? And how much risk are you willing to take? There is no one-size-fits-all portfolio. Everyone's ideal portfolio will differ based on these three questions. In addition, make sure there is variety in your portfolio. What I mean by that is to invest in different asset classes in varying proportions, such as in bonds and stocks. And within each asset class, invest in a variety of company names and across different regions and geographies too. Effective diversification requires investments to exhibit low correlations with one another, meaning that the returns from one asset class should not move in exactly the same direction and or magnitude with another so that potential losses in one asset class can be offset by potential gains in other asset classes. Next, invest into quality assets and build your portfolio for the long term. Our focus should not be on speculative investments. Speculative investments are high-risk and highly opportunistic bets made on the particular security. If you have the appetite for risk and are able to stomach losses, then trade away. But remember, to specify a strict stop-loss limit to mitigate the risk that your bets may go wrong. For the majority though, our general rule of thumb should be to forget about trying to time the market. You should be more concerned about time in the market. Take this chart for instance. You can see how damaging it was to miss out on the days when the S&P 500 went up. It is also interesting to note that the outright loss for missing the strongest days, which is the yellow portion, is not the biggest loss. What hurts over time is the compounding effect from missing out, represented in purple. So, remember to stay invested. With that, we've come to the end of this masterclass. I hope that you will apply the principles that I have shared today in your investments. For those who have already gotten started, remember to stay invested and make sure that your portfolio is diversified and rebalanced regularly. For those who haven't begun, start coming up with a plan as soon as possible and do not let inertia set in. But always remember to do independent research before deciding where to put your money because after all, knowledge is power.
What I've shared with you today is just the tip of the iceberg and I hope that it will be a good jumping off point for you to continue discovering the best ways to grow your wealth.